0: Hello, and welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. We're so excited to have you guys here today. Today, it is me, Taylor. And and KJ. (laughs) (laughs) And today, we're going to talk about a topic that's been on our list for a little bit, and it is realistic expectations for therapy. The reason that we're talking about this is because as therapists, we want... Our clients and everybody else out there who's going into therapy to know or just have some kind of idea about what they can expect. We don't want you to go into it with a crazy expectation and then maybe quit therapy because it's not meeting it when in reality that expectation was unrealistic. So we just want to paint a little bit of a picture of kind of do's and don'ts for entering the therapeutic world, especially if this is your first time, because that can be pretty daunting. Like I just had, I'm a therapist who has been to therapy before, and this last week just had my first session with a brand new therapist. And I had this, I really did have to take a second and realistically prepare myself for the session because i had tons of things to to talk about and to get ready for i was ready to do it and i was talking to my husband about it and he was like i was like what i i need to accomplish this and this and this and this and then logan was just like or you know you could just accomplish none of those things and just have like a really safe space to just explore i'm like (laughs) okay logan (laughs)
1: Who's the therapist so here? Wise. Well, and you talked to Jessica and I after your first session. Mm-hmm. And I think even then had to kind of bring back your expectations a little bit.
0: Yes, I definitely did. Because as a therapist, I have a certain way that I do things with my clients that is my style and feels really good to me. So that's why I provide a certain type of space for people. And then my new therapist did things differently. And at first I'm like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. (laughs) But then at the same time, especially after like sending KJ and Jessica Marco Polo about it, I would be like, but that's okay. Like I can still accomplish what I want to accomplish and have a therapeutic relationship and have a like – non-judgmental space to explore and process my feelings even if it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be so I just step back right
1: and adjust well that's really good self-awareness and I think that's kind of our point with this episode is yeah. to just have some of that self-reflection uh, maybe before you have like a knee-jerk response and fire your therapist or quit therapy and never return. Um, So we have a couple of things to discuss, and so I'll just start us off with kind of a basic expectation, I guess, is just to realize that things will not be resolved or feel fixed or better necessarily in a few sessions. Mm Mm-hmm. Oftentimes in the first few sessions, like you're really just building the foundation for your therapeutic relationship and your therapist is really getting to know you and you may not even really have a feel for your therapist necessarily besides maybe kind of what their energy and their vibe is. And mm-hmm. so if you're liking that, um, I would say stick with it, even if you aren't going through the rest of your week being like, Oh, my anxiety is gone because your anxiety (laughs) will not be gone. It won't. (laughs) In fact, a lot of times things will get worse as you start Mm -hmm. therapy because you're bringing things up. Maybe you're talking about things you haven't talked about in years because you've shoved them away. And so I think sometimes people have that experience where they're like, I feel way worse after that Mm -hmm. session and then kind of have that reaction of this isn't making me feel better and I'm done like I mm-hmm. did not sign up for this so that I could feel worse but that is the process and it's like yeah. that annoying phrase of like trust the process <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's so true because it, it truly is. is it really takes some consistency you probably won't notice major differences in a few sessions. And if you do like amazing props to you and your therapist, that's that's incredible, but I wouldn't say that's the norm. Yeah. And exactly what KJ was just saying, especially in your first session,
0: we perform what we call a biopsychosocial assessment or evaluation. And essentially what that is, it's just a information collecting session. Everybody does it differently. Um, I do, mine's pretty like thorough and extensive, but across the board, you talk about a lot of things like family dynamics, uh, substance history, um, medical history, and all these sorts of things. And so you can be talking about like your childhood, your family, you know, um, Health conditions that you have a hard time with, maybe past substance abuse issues. And so, of course, it's like if you're just bringing those things up and talking to them about some or talking to somebody about that, it can be a little triggering. So, it's kind of just opening up the gate. And then, I usually tell people after that session, I say, I know today didn't feel like therapy. And I totally get it. This is just a step in the direction of therapy. We just have to collect this information. Get on the same page, paint a picture of who you are, and then we kind of get into it. So especially after the first session, if you're like, I didn't get anything from that. It's because you're laying the foundation for the rest of your therapeutic process.
1: Yeah. It's like if you go to the doctor because you're having heartburn every day and you can't figure out why and they – Maybe just collect information from you, and then they want you to have a return visit, and so you still feel,
0: yeah, you're like, well, I'm still having heartburn every day, thanks
1: <laughs> that's kind of what it will feel like,
0: yeah, definitely and a and a big part of the beginning as well as the assessment is as kj mentioned the therapeutic relationship and that is one of the first things that they teach us therapists in school is how important the therapeutic relationship is and creating a non-judgmental space for your clients and so basically it's kind of like you go into therapy and you have like you're kind of creating a partner you know somebody that you can connect to somebody that you can trust with everything eventually And so it really is important to kind of view that as a relationship and view that as like, oh, this is a new person. I'm not going to feel 100% comfortable with them after one, two, maybe three or however many more sessions. That's normal. I have to get to know them. I have to hear them out. I have to trust them. I have to give them tiny bits of information about myself, see how they respond. And so it really is just giving that relationship time as you
1: would with any other relationship definitely it's a really important relationship and i know like in the beginning it can feel kind of odd it's like i'm like artificial up, yeah and i'm telling this stranger like very deep and personal things about myself but in that way it's really cool because mm-hmm. it's like you you leave it in the office you yeah. can just kind of unload and your therapist will hold that for you yeah it's
0: a relationship unlike any other relationship you'll ever have, honestly. Yeah. It's it's really really beautiful and cool and it's it's like the one person that you can put everything into and you don't have to worry about how they're re- how they're like handling it, or oh, did I tell them too? Like you would with your friends or with your family. Like, mm-hmm. did I tell them too much? Am I leaning on them too heavily? Do they still feel like they can confide in me? Like, are they? Am I f- appearing too needy? It's like you just appear as you are in therapy, and it's a type of freedom that we just don't have in other relationships.
1: So, once you do get there, it can be pretty cool. And with therapists who have been doing this for a while, or even if they're just very skilled in this anyways from the beginning, the therapy um, or the therapist brain is a really fascinating thing because it's like you don't need to worry about overwhelming or overloading your therapist. They are not going to be thinking about your problems all week. It's not mm-hmm. going to be weighing heavily on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like this thing where I get, I sit down with my clients and it's like, I remember so well everything they said the week before, Yeah, but I didn't think about it or remember it all week. But it's Mm -hmm. like when I'm there with them, it all comes back. I'm so grateful for that because I don't have a great memory, I don't think in general. (laughs) And so I'm glad that it's there and it just, I think kind of proves how, cool those relationships are that it's like Mm -hmm. you can be really intentional with someone for that hour a week and really take in what they're saying and hear each other and then you can go on with your week and be back again the next week exactly so a couple more things like to know about the therapist role therapist is not going to solve your problems for you they Mm -hmm. create the safe place for you to do that for you and so I think some people go to therapy kind of with this mindset that this is the person that's going to tell me how to fix my problems Mm -hmm. they're going to tell me how to heal my anxiety now your therapist is probably going to have tools they're going to have resources, techniques, their, guide, their mm-hmm. sounding board. But if you come to them and you say, "Hey, this is my situation. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. They're they're probably going to turn that back on you and say, "Well, what do you think about that?" Mm-hmm. Or if I have clients that are genuinely like, "I need advice. What do you think?" Then I'm like, "Okay, you opened the door for me." <laughs> To Mm -hmm. give you some direct That was a very specific, yeah. Mm -hmm. But generally, therapists will reflect that back on you. And so I can Mm -hmm. see how maybe that can be frustrating if someone's like, I'm not getting the answers I need in therapy. Mm -hmm. But that's not really the point of your therapist. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing, from like a therapist perspective, like- you are the expert on you. Like I can do an in-depth assessment. I can know everything about your childhood. I can be, I can meet with you for a year. And yeah, I'll have some additional insight to you because we'll have a relationship and I'll understand you. But you are the expert. You know yourself. You know your emotional climate. You know what you're experiencing and you know your past more than anybody else. So a good therapist really is going. It's not a cop-out. It really isn't. It's not like, I don't have an answer for you. So like you answer it yourself. It really is. Yeah, I could probably answer this for you, but it's not going to help you the way that it would if you bring up that answer from an internal place. It kind of reminds me of this show. I posted about it on our Instagram stories a while ago. It's called Mayor of Easttown. Disclosure, soup's heavy, soup's (laughs) intense. So only watch or invest if you're, feeling the heavy vibe um but it stars kate winslet who is amazing Mm -hmm. and um she's kind she's like you know kind of one of these like surly characters who never really believed in therapy but she does get into a place where she can go to a therapist anyway so she starts talking to her therapist about um like she was like oh yeah i read an article and they basically said like if like in your family history, if there's like certain tendencies like depression or suicidal ideations or suicidal attempts that that could like get passed down to other people. And then she looks at her therapist and she says, is that true? And the therapist did something that I love so much because she could have answered that. She could have been like, yeah, according to the research, this is what we know. This is what we see. But she didn't. She just said, what? And I'm. I can't quote this perfectly, so if she says something different in the show, don't be mad. But from what I can remember, she says something along the lines of, like, what are you looking for when you're asking that question? And then Kate Winslet was like, well, I'm looking for hope because I'm pretty afraid that that's going to happen. And then they didn't even talk about the answer to that question because the <laughs> only thing that actually mattered was what she was looking for and what she was feeling and then they were able to go into that space and that that moment and that expansion would not have happened if her therapist had just quoted the latest research and answered her question for her totally but like kj mentioned at times that can be frustrating oh yeah when people are just pleading they're just like i just need you to tell me what to do like please like i need help what am i supposed to do Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think your therapist will kind of walk the line of that Mm -hmm. because sometimes it does make sense to, like, from an outside perspective, share what you feel like could benefit them. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times, the point is for clients to talk about their problems and then discover their own solutions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So... Along those lines, I think a lot of times people can think that therapy will be a series of huge enlightening moments, mm-hmm. and that's not quite how it goes.
0: It's not, and that I mean, it can, right? It yeah. absolutely can. Like I have been in therapy before, where I have. Had a huge moment, and I people will often call it a breakthrough. Oh, I had a I had emotional breakthrough. Six. Yes, yes, I had this huge moment, and everything changed for me. So we're not saying that that doesn't happen because it can. It's just not the norm. It doesn't happen all the time during every session. I always imagine it as kind of like, I wish you guys could see me and all my expressive hand gestures right Mm -hmm. now, but I kind of imagine it as like the top of a wave, you know, and then people always imagine that they have this huge cathartic moment and then you see this huge dip in the wave. And as you go down, that's when you start to feel more functional and more level, right? But actually what happens is that you're at the top of the wave and then you'll be in therapy. You'll have a thought or you'll say something, or you'll recognize an emotion, or maybe your therapist will mention something and you'll see a tiny, tiny dip right there. And then you go down just a little bit. And so therapy really is a series of tiny dips over time. And as you dip and dip and dip and dip over time, because of those small important moments, then eventually you get down to a place where Maybe your anxiety is not as bad. Maybe you're not feeling as triggered. Maybe you're not feeling as depressed. Maybe you're not feeling as overwhelmed or stressed or, you know, whatever it is that you came into therapy for. But what people don't realize is that they're they're tiny moments over time. And just because they're tiny does not make them insignificant in your therapeutic journey. But it is, it takes time.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where maybe it's like a personality thing, but some people are very like to-do list oriented or like, I just need to check this off, this, 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 be done. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it can take some time to adjust to like the speed Mm -hmm. of therapy. Yeah. Um, And there's
0: nothing wrong with that. There really
1: isn't. I mean, I'm a very goal
0: oriented person. I like to like, do things and get them done so walking into that therapeutic environment can seem frustrating at times or slow at times but it really it's being kind to yourself and being like I'm feeling frustrated about this but that's okay and even Mm -hmm. like voicing it to your therapist I mean I think that those are some of the best conversations that yeah. I've ever had with clients where they're kind of like, you know, we've been meeting for a while and I'm just feeling this and this. And then you can have an honest conversation about your expectations for therapy. Your therapist can open up, tell you kind of what to expect, process some of those emotions. So you're not harboring resentment or feeling bitter towards the process because it's part
1: of that is part of the process. Right. And you mentioned like being kind to yourself. And I think about that with a lot of trauma work. Uh, Because I think sometimes the expectation is if I do the trauma work, if I do EMDR, if I sit with this for a time, it's going to be completely healed, nicely wrapped up with a bow on top and put away forever and it will never bother me again. Mm -hmm. And that is just not the reality of trauma. Yes, like through therapy, EMDR trauma work, you can be very desensitized to a traumatic event but it does not erase the memory. It does not take that out of your brain. There may be something that triggers you six months down the road, five years down the road that brings it up, but hopefully you will have the tools and skill set from your time in therapy to know how to navigate that intense moment or that trauma response, and you can see it for what it is. You can Tell yourself, hey like i'm I'm not crazy, like I'm just experiencing something really hard, and I was triggered, and I learned that I need to do x, y, and z to calm my system down, and I can do that I'm capable of that. I learned that yeah. so that is kind of the process because therapy i mean typically it's once a week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that can go on for However long. I mean, sometimes for people it's months and then you go to every other week and then you Mm -hmm. go maybe monthly. And for some people, they stay at monthly for a long time because it's that maintenance. It's just something they can, Mm -hmm. you know, have a place to go that's safe and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Absolutely not.
0: It really is. I think that's probably my favorite phase of therapy with clients is like the maintenance phase because I love it. There, there'll be like a couple months and then they'll come in and then they're just like, I didn't really think I had anything to talk about. And then we fill an entire session (laughs) to the brim. And then it's just, it's catharsis, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like a safe place with somebody that you trust where you can just like let it all out and then go live your life, you know? So. But KJ is absolutely right. The trauma is – it can stick around and it's not always completely gone. But the fact – I I always think about this especially in terms of children, which I know like KJ has worked with kids and Bod works with kids and everything. But I always feel like the most important thing for a child is that not – that we like send them in and they get fixed like a car, you know? It's kind Mm -hmm. of like you send them in and then they create a positive association with therapy and with a therapist. And that's the most, like the best thing. Because even if it's not going to work for them right then, they'll remember that positive interaction and they'll remember that therapist and then they'll want to come back.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I've had so many frustrating conversations with funding sources In regards to children in therapy because it's one of those things where they're like oh they're not addressing their trauma well then what are you doing yeah what what are you even doing there well we are creating a safe place in a relationship where if they don't want to deal or face or go at their trauma for 10 years Mm -hmm. like 10 years down the road hopefully they can reflect back on our experience and be like yeah I think I can go to therapy again and yes, I can face yes. this because that's not, you're right. It's not like just sending your car into a shop. Like, yeah, fix not, the oil. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fix the oil. I'm not a car person. Change <laughs> it. I think you're supposed to change the oil. Yes, you are.
1: <laughs> Does that make sense, though? Like, yeah, it, it absolutely. Just, and that is kind of my hope is that we can raise some awareness of what. Yeah therapy really is mm-hmm. and what the point is like we don't view people as just I guess the other way we don't look at it as you're a to-do list yeah that we yeah. need to just check off these three very traumatic experiences right. get them done and send you on your way like yeah. that's not the point mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really hard like you just can't put a n- number on that you can't say yeah. yes it's gonna take Eight weeks, mm-hmm. and that's what can be really hard with, yeah, <laughs> insurance or funding yeah. Well, because short-term or... therapy is defined as eight to twelve sessions, and yes. that's what you get. You know,
0: mm-hmm. it's hard. It is hard. It's super hard. But I don't know. I think we're just we wanted to bring this up because we really want everybody. I don't know. We want to like debunk myths about therapy, but also encourage people to go in and to try. And to not be discouraged if it's not like automatically fixed or if you don't feel super connected at the beginning. It's like, give it some time. Give yourself time. Figure out what your objectives are with therapy. And then you work on that with your therapist, like with that partner in therapy. And I think, yeah, that's what I think. It's beautiful. Beautiful dance. It's so beautiful. (laughs) So That'd yeah. But if you guys do have any like follow up, if you've had experiences where you're like, well, this happened and I didn't know how to handle it or um, my therapist was doing this and I didn't feel comfortable or I only went for two sessions. Was that too, li-? you know, like if you have any fault, like specific follow up questions, please feel free to contact us about those. Shoot us an email Or write in because we would love to help you guys navigate that and figure out how to make, if you want to,
1: how to make therapy work for you in your life. Perfect. Well, thank Mm -hmm. you for tuning in and we will catch you guys next time.
0: See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Bryach from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.